Thank you for listening to the What Origin podcast. On this episode, I'm interviewing Alora Veral. She's a business coach that focuses on channeling empathy to customers. You can find out more about her at alloraveral.com. And if you're interested in watching the video version, just go to whatorigin.com and you can find us on YouTube. I'd like to introduce everyone to Alara Veral. Alara helps entrepreneurs and businesses create an emotional connection through their messaging. She currently offers the Raw Transformation Program, among other things. So first off, uh, I know we've got like COVID, we've got elections and Brexit and everything. How are you doing like in general? Like how are these times going for you? Good. I mean, I think... Um, by the way, I love the <laughs> the, the raw transmit the, the, with the American accent. It sounds like it's like uncooked. The the raw raw <laughs> the, transformation. R-A-W. Yeah, I, I saw it. We teach yeah. you how to uh, teach you how to uncook yourself. <laughs> no, it's actually like the lion's raw. <laughs> but but in America, oh, is it raw? Like, yeah, like raw. Roar transformation. <laughs> but but okay. how isn't it? Don't you pronounce it the same in the in American accent? It's like roar, raw, roar. Ah, raw. Okay, okay. Maybe in English it's a little bit more. I don't know. Raw is like. (laughs) I think in English it's a little bit more similar. I didn't. I didn't see it in text. I heard it in the. I heard it in the thing, and I was trying to sound smart, but. uh, (laughs) You got halfway there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but um, COVID. um, It's one of the things that, like, I was. I think I went through a bit of an emotional journey and I think a lot of people I know did as well. They, well, I first of all had this like fear of, Oh my God, the world's coming to an end and we're locked down. And, um, and then there's this denial of like, well, I can't live like this forever and we have to go back to normal soon. And, and what about my business? And then it's not going to continue forever. Um, but, but COVID for me, um, I actually ended up, growing a lot from it because it made me um a lot more like I had my work and my life had to merge a lot more so it meant that I um just showed up more as me in my business and and I actually ended up growing quite a bit through through the COVID period which I know a lot of people haven't had the luxury to do but um my business my business kept on growing through COVID um and I think you know, I can only guess, but I really, I really think that that's kind of related to kind of, I don't know what the word is, but unifying <laughs> who I am as a person and, and bringing yeah. that kind of as a, in an uncensored way uh, to my business. And I do that through my videos and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're all a, about a emotional, emotional connection. And now we're like, they call it social distancing. It's physical distancing. We can yeah. still be social, but I don't like the social distancing phrase. It's physical. Yeah. But people really are trying to find ways to make emotional connections. And I mean, uh, it's, it's, dif- it's difficult in general. Before COVID, like in general, it's just hard to do that, right? Like big yeah. brands do it. So um, I feel like we're so hungry for we're constantly hungry for a connection with another human being. And, and that's the way that we're wired. Um, and kind of up until before COVID, we, we were connected, I think, but um, 
there was I don't think there was really an infrastructure in place for people to really be vulnerable with each other and, and feel a real connection with someone that they just met on the internet and with COVID you have to have a professional zoom call with your dog barking in the background or your kids coming in or someone yeah, or yeah. You flashing your, your your wife or husband like walking in their dressing gown in the background it's like force people to be a little bit more vulnerable and um and I think it's from uh moments of like even if it's little moments of vulnerability like that you you um that's what really creates human to human connections you know we don't we like to put on this facade of this professional we, we like to ha have people think of us in a certain way but really the real emotional connections come when when we expose the the um kind of just our inner workings to someone without uh trying to put a filter of what we want them to think so um I've loved that about COVID. I've loved that someone really serious, a, a CEO of a massive company, I've had a Zoom call with him and he showed me his dog. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and I think it's, it's the same in, in my business as well. What I'm helping people do is, is be more vulnerable with their audience so that their audience feels an actual real human connection to, uh, to your business, which is oftentimes just seen as an entity that you know, they're trying to sell me something. Um, yeah, don't want to be sold to, right? I mean, at a certain point, businesses are are machines, but in in the in a practical sense, like it seems that you work with uh, early stage companies a lot, and maybe later stage. Early stage is fun, like just in my experience, because you've got this raw sort of emotional energy, and people they're not tainted yet; they haven't gotten to the point where there's lawyers and yeah, all of the things that happen, but. uh um, yeah, I think one of the things you mentioned before this was that being like an employee for a large company, it's, it's difficult to have individuality. Right. And I think mm. even us as individuals are kind of like businesses. Yeah. So maybe like COVID allowed us to have a little bit more individuality because we're all working from home or being ourselves or being separate. Maybe is that, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's um, it's one one thing that's been kind of on my mind for quite a while now. Like you have people that are absolutely unique, and um, definitely from my experience, I've seen and felt that when you can harness this uniqueness, when you can really truly take ownership of it and enhance it and communicate that, um, that's people thrive. You know, that's when you get results. That's when you make a real. Um, real valuable change to the world when um when you connect to this kind of uniqueness inside of you and then enhance it um i call it your inner gold um and i and the question that's kind of been been on my mind is well does that mean that everyone should have their own business you know if everyone's so unique does that mean everyone should kind of go in their own one direction because then you just have a whole <laughs> a whole world of people um well, I guess planting their own food and, and we'd be going back to back to the ways that stuff was done, you know, in the caveman time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so how do you collaborate and work, you know, have people that are have people that are all unique and all have a different value to add to the world um, collaborating in a way uh, un under a business, uh, under a corporation? Uh, working in the same direction achieving the same goal but still maintaining that that um uniqueness i was on, i was on a call with a with a guy like literally just an hour ago and um he said he just he he's a kind of a, a guy that's escaped the corporate world to start his own company but he said when he was in the corporate world he just felt like he was he was uh 
dumbed down you know yeah and and i feel that that is happening you get someone that's kind of a fit to your culture they have the skills that you want you get them you put them in the workspace but you need to fit them to your vision you need to fit them to the stage that the business is at you need to fit them to your processes and you know with all this fitting they just get squashed in a box and um before you know it they they hate their job even though it's something that they thought they were really passionate about i have a friend that works in rolls royce she said i started um it, not the car company the engine company the plane engine because <laughs> um, well, the, there's two of them right it's yes oh, okay. it's no it's two companies same oh. name uh, and it's really weird like their logo just has a color difference or something like that oh, okay. anyway, the there's the car one like the fancy cars and then they also make the Rolls-Royce, the aerospace kind of engine. Yeah, yeah I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, and she um, she trained as an engineer, got into this, got this job, which which is really hard to get into. Feeling like she's going to change the world, and and she's been there for five years, and she's just she's just looking at like tiny numbers and and just doing these really detailed stuff. And and the question yeah. is like, okay, well, you need those detailed stuff to be done. Yeah, like maybe in time they can the more monotonous stuff can be done by machines. But right now, in order for, to achieve a company's vision, for for, com- for a company to achieve their vision, they need people that do look at the detail stuff so how do you keep this person that like started their job with so much enthusiasm to do something that isn't necessary but 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 still keep their passion still keep that uniqueness and um still keep on i guess bringing their best self to it and um yeah it's 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 been a it's been kind of a a bit of a, (laughs) a sticking spot for me but i feel like i've kind of got to a point where um i've figured out well how how what culture we could create in in workplaces that actually do enhance that individuality while they're still doing something that's kind of seemingly monotonous um and and really i think it boils yeah you're saying you're one liner guy that you should sort of channel your inner child Mm. you should think about like the way if if you if someone if a kid can't understand for instance it's about elevator pitch but i think it's also kind of about finding what you want to do in life and so yeah. you, were, you know so I think like shifting there is like from the beginning part how do you sort of figure it out and i i know people that work at bigger companies and they're happy they get tasks yeah. they like to do the tasks and they fit into that sort of um you know become sort of a machine and there's other people that that just they want to branch out they have more ideas they have the, their own ideas or they want to work from home or they don't want to work at all. They just want to find yeah. them, right? But I think it was really interesting how you were saying, um, um, like when doing your, your pitch or explaining your business or thinking about it, channeling your inner child, um, like, what does that, what does that mean? Like my inner child, I played with, uh, matchbox cars and, uh, I don't know, I, I first discovered yeah. the computer and I thought it was really cool. Wow. I could do stuff. You know, I think that's it. That's, that's exactly it. It's like being as a child, we are less worried about the hows and more worried about the possibility of stuff happening. Like what if I did this? You know, I, I did some, uh, you know, I, I took a beer, you know, the cardboard that, that um, holds beer cans together and I like turned it into, I kind of turned it into a sculpture of a famous Turkish kind of uh, antique structure. Um, and, and, you know, now if, if I had a empty beer can, like, even if I thought of that for a moment, I'd be like, 
okay well it's written a bit because it's you know you don't you don't feel like it's worth the time but as a child like all these things are so interesting to you and uh, and and you're so curious and and it's all about possibility like what if i did this like would it look like it and could i do anything from it you know yeah. what, what happens if i do this and and it's and it's always about kind of seeing the end result and i think that's what's one thing that we're starved of as adults like we we're told to just you know, here's the beer, you know, here's the beer cardboard thing, make a sculpture out of it. And then, and then that's it. You know, you'll never, I think, especially in, in employee settings, you're so disconnected from the end result that that specific tiny task that you're doing is it, it's, of course you get demotivated because you're you're crunching these these boring numbers that have no meaning to you or maybe they do but <laughs> but no significant meaning to you and there's no way of you connecting that to the very end like what does this specific task mean in the bigger impact of the right. company and i think companies try to do this with like generalizing a little bit like as a whole company we're making the aerospace uh, more efficient for example or more environmentally friendly whatever their main uh, um, kind of vision is and and yes it's motivating for employees up to a certain extent but on to day to like when it comes to day-to-day -day tasks they can't see the result of this one task on the very end result like if you're a business owner i think you're a little bit luckier in that sense because if you if you change your strategy of how you're uh, creating leads you can see the end result of that straight away or almost yeah. straight away but um yeah so so I think one of the things that we, we really um, need to start focusing on is connecting employees and their day-to-day -day tasks to the end uh, impact that that has, like the exact impact that, that that little task has. And I think it really, you know, it it's kind of sounds like an impossible task, but I think it boils down to two things. A, connecting the um, understanding the workflow between each task and the very end result like really mapping out that workflow to to the t so that you you actually can track you know this this employee's crunching numbers over here what's the end result that that has uh, what's the end impact that that has on the world like what, what percentage of um emissions does it does it reduce because of that these these numbers that they're crunching so i think you need a really detailed map of the workflow and and the the i guess impact of each task on the next step but you also need to you need a really deep understanding of what what does this employee actually care about like what does this what impact right. does this employee want is motivated by because maybe they're motivated by speed and not the environmental impact so then you need to uh, give them the impact in a language that motivates them so so i think we're entering an era where um, we need to start understanding what motivates people what makes people feel alive better than ever and that I mean that in an employee sense, like understanding that with your employees so that you can motivate them in a more personalized way. But another topic that you were mentioning just now was um, even earlier, like understanding that from, a, from when we're asking kids to choose their career, um, how are they meant to choose what, what career line they want to go down if they have no understanding really of what makes them feel alive because they've never had support on, on dissecting that, on, on really understanding what is it that makes me feel alive? What is, the, what is my uniqueness? What's my inner gold um, that I can make decisions um, to enhance, right? So, so I think we are entering an era where the unique human uh, humanness needs to be understood kind of better than better than ever before if, if we really want to um, 
I guess, thrive and, and perform as, as a human race, which I think is needed at this time, you know, with a lot more than a lot more than before or more urgently than before. Mm-hmm. So why uh, this is your business? Why, why do you care about it? And uh, like, how did you get here? I guess you, I think one of your it's funny because I'm, I'm also thinking about what you said. You said like uh, when you're doing uh, so an elevator pitch could be anything just doing an interview or just talking. Right. You're like, talk about the why and then the the what and then the how, right? Yeah. So the why, the how, and the what. Getting to your 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 why, like, uh, mm. how did you get to this this point? And uh, yeah, you know, why why does it really excite you? I guess. Mm. Yeah. So um, I was brought up as a, a I was brought up in Turkey, and I was brought up by parents that run an outdoor activities company. And one of the blessings that I received as a child was that I um, that I was brought up in the outdoors kind of in a very free-spirited way and um, I was constantly communicating with clients that, that my dad had and I was showing them kind of the, the routes on the places that we were going and you know this is the way through the canyon so I felt very empowered to, uh, to, um, to the fact that I could make a difference to the fact that I could make people's lives a little bit better so, so from, from my childhood I felt very connected to the fact that I had potential to uh, make a difference in the world, even though I didn't know exactly what that was. Um, And as I grew up, I kind of went through the education system, very funneled down and kind of, you need to choose. uh, Well, I moved to the UK to do my A-levels because I could specialize more in the things that I wanted to do. So I specialized and narrowed it my whole life down into four subjects. And then I chose uni, narrowed it down into one subject. And then I got spat out the other end. And I was like, now I have this one subject that I'm meant to be an expert at and the rest of my life is meant to kind of evolve around. Um, Geology? Geology, yeah. Yes. And, and even geology, I felt was kind of a, a decision that I was making around my own happiness. It wasn't only around um, kind of societal expectations. It wasn't just around money. I actually thought, OK, well, geology, you know, it's outdoorsy and it's sciencey. And, you know, uh, so, so I thought that was in, my, in the power that I had um, some some kind of a good decision for me. They're setting up for my setting up for a nice future. Um, but the more I went through and the more the closer I got to graduating, the more I realized how far I was from really um, being in my element, um, not because of the subject, but I think for, for geology specifically, it was just the jobs that geology led to were very much against my core values. And, and the more I realized this, the more I realized how kind of uh, disconnected I was from what really made me feel alive. Um, so long story short, I actually went on a bit of a bit of a gap year to figure my life out, and I only did only did uh, took jobs that inspired me, um, and for some somehow it kind of worked, and I didn't go broke, and I ended up um, becoming an NLP practitioner and uh, a yoga teacher, and I started working with people in kind of a, a bit of a consultancy context in helping them figure out um, their why. And, um, yeah, basically helping them decide on what is the direction that they want to take in their life. So what I realized in this whole journey was that the thing that made me feel alive, like my why was helping people live fully connected lives. And when I say fully connected, I mean like connected to ourselves, um, connected to the role that we have in, in, in in the in the world in our community and in society i guess the how we can add value 
to our society and also connected to um nature the universe like this bigger thing that we're a part of it's not just humans and humans right it's humans and 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 we're we're another droplet in in this massive ocean so connected really to our origins um so and i think for me the best way for me to achieve that why is to understand this inner gold enhance it and and express it so that um so that we can live a fully connected life um, so that's kind of how my journey started and, 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 and what the why is behind it that, that um, shaped the, the direction that it took. Yeah. So what is inner gold? Like, is it untapping your potential, like economically and finding what you want to do? Or is it, you know, honestly, I think some people I know find their inner gold and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to drop out. Like I'm going to make enough money to pay rent and everything. And obviously be an adult and take care of stuff, but I'm, I'm just going to take my one year off and make it 10 years. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like I've, I've met people um, that are on the verge of that or feel like that. And they're kind of, they're kind of guilted. Like I need to keep working. I need to keep producing. Mm. And I'm like, like I, I have a good friend who cut back his hours uh, he's, I mean, he's, like I said, you have to be an adult. You have to accept certain things if you have kids or responsibilities, you know, but if, if you don't have kids, that's, that's a big one. Um, um, some, for some people, it's just about connecting with what they want to do, not economically. Right. Yeah. But have you ever had a conversation with somebody where they're like, I don't really like working that much. I just like going, mm. you know, I, I, I like my startup, but you know, it's not what I want to do. And you said, what do you want to do? I just want to fish or something. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's this, there's this common concept of the difference between, I guess, your, um, your why and your passions. So fishing and dancing and whatever activities are a, are a passion and they're great. Um, but, but I think, that isn't what I mean by inner gold and and by no way am I suggesting that there's one activity that we should be doing uh, to make uh, to 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 uh, in you know to live up to our fullest potential um, I would really highly recommend this book by Simon Sinek called start with why um, which which really dives into this context in a beautifully deep way um, or if you don't have if you're not a bookworm, he's got a really good TED talk as well called um, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And it really gives you a, um, a really short, snappy understanding of what, you act what we actually mean when we say why, because it's not an activity. So, so a why is basically a set of um, themes that reoccur throughout the times that we're at our best. So, for example, I... Um, I'm, I love dancing and I was very seriously considering becoming a professional dancer. I'm glad I didn't because I would have been miserable, but I love dancing. And up until when I discovered my why, I just thought it was about the fact that the, the, the magic was about the activity itself. But now I realize for me, the magic, the way that that ties, now that I've kind of explained to you my why, the way that dancing ties, ties into my why is because it allows me to express myself in a way that I'm not limited, blocked by words, right? So it allows me to um, expose myself in a way that's, um, yeah, not limited. So 
really your, your why is the themes that reoccur throughout all of the activities that make you feel alive throughout all of the actions that 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 you have felt at your best so um really the the way that i help people find their why is i take them through i'd get them to tell me um stories of the times in their life that have most shaped the person that they've become today and it can be positive events or it can be really some some of them are really negative events but the events that have most shaped who you become we've all got these pivotal moments in our lives it can be from when we were a toddler to um to anywhere between now um and it can be kind of in any frequency some people have like very key points turning points in their life some people feel like it's a million little different dots it doesn't matter but we've got we've all got these different pivot points and um the the thing that i guide my clients through is okay so this event happened how did you feel about that what was it about that event particularly that made you remember it and we dive down into what were the drivers that were operating inside of you that made you act in the way that you did so um, in the positive moments we start to notice that th themes are recurring that were present in all of the positive moments and, and in the negative moments we start to notice um, recurring themes that were lacking in the negative moments so so basically your why is um, the the themes that uh, that reoccur when you're at your best when you the unique you is at your best and um it's a it's a way that it's fancily put into a put into one sentence but really it's a compilation of themes um so and they can show up in lots of different ways because now that i know that i like um helping people live a fully connected life and i do that through understanding um our inner gold enhancing it and expressing it um, I could do that through what I'm doing now in my business I could do that through running yoga retreats helping people connect to themselves I could do that through um, working with with um, high school students helping them figure out what they want to do in their life I could do that with working with um, uh, tech founders helping them connect employees to their end impact that they were having there's so many there's a million different avenues of what I can be doing activities that I could be doing some of them make money some of them probably won't you know I could just be drawing paintings for the rest of my life but I'm not good enough to make any money from it so um so in to answer your question in a really roundabout way um once you understand the drivers that that um act that, that are in that are in play when you're at your best you have the mental clarity and uh, the power to make decisions on on if you would like to make money from that or if you would like to like to step back but um the decision is a, isn't around if i want to make money or not the decision is around do i want to live in line with my why or not and um there are plenty of paths that live in line with your why that make money and there's plenty of paths that live in line with your why that you could take a 10-year gap year so right. I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> yeah, no, it does. I mean, um, like, like I, I always, when I talk to people, uh, friends or something ask for advice and I'm really not like a, uh, it seems like a, a big thing to take on to give people advice like this. So you've yeah. obviously studied it, but I'm always like money is a real thing. Like, let me just say like responsibility. Of course you can live off grid. There's, there's different ways and there's different flexibility, but you know, my dad taught me some good things. Uh, always pay your bills on time. You know, mm -hmm. I don't always pay them like necessarily on time, but you gotta, you gotta do a few things. So in terms of cash, it is nice. Like if, if you're, I don't know, really into something, you have a really good talent and then you can channel that into something to make 
some some economic benefit for yourself so you can get your mm. food and pay your bills and be settled or whatever it is you need your gas so that you can go on trips and then you can go do that so i always tell people like you know um you don't have to like quit your day job you could just do less work in the day or something or whatever so i i, I think that's an important point like people will say um my goal is to like uh gee um i I saw, uh, I saw somebody, this guy stopped uh, Jerry Seinfeld on, on the street, mm -hmm. Jerry Seinfeld, and he's very rich. And the guy says, you know, why, why are you still working? Like, you don't have to work. And he's like, what? yeah, I do. Well, what would what I do? What am I supposed to do? Like, I have to do something with my time, right? Like, so um, in a round, my roundabout way is just saying, you can't, you can't ignore those things. So I always like preface mm -hmm. it, like, my friends yeah. say, oh, man, I want to quit my job. I'm like, you know, you got to have those basic things. Um, I think one yeah, of the, I wanted, uh, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, uh, so you have a really good tone when talking. And also I think British accent to Americans, it's like, you know, all of our nature documentaries have like British guys uh, uh, um, narrating. So it's a very, it's very interesting thing for, for, Americans, we speak the same language. We have different tone. Me, I yeah. have a very flat tone. I was going to ask for your advice. What would you, what advice would you give me to to maybe like if I should brighten up or if I'm trying to make that emotional connection? It seems like not just the message, but the way that you sound. Like, are you excited? Mm -hmm. Are you, you know, what, what kind yeah. of advice would you give to like? I hear a lot of tech founders, and I'm just continuing with this question that. Or, you know, hey, welcome to this. This is our company. You know, what we're doing is we're revolutionizing the entire universe. It could be a great thing, but it's hard for them to sound expressive. Yeah. How do you yeah. approach that part? That's an interesting question, actually, because um, I don't actually work with my clients necessarily on the verbal communication. Um, or I don't practice with them, the verbal communication. Um, but it is something that I, um, that I think about a lot. So thank you for asking that. Um, so I hear a lot of kind of public speaking coaches say, well, you need to fluctuate your voice and you need to kind of do lots of face expressions and, and be energetic. And um, I think, that has come from observing a lot of people that have been effective in their verbal communication. Um, but I do what I, so basically, sorry, let me rewind. What I'm, what I, what I believe in is when you are, um, when you are connected to your, to that why, to that inner gold, when you're speaking, when you're connected to that inner child of what will happen if, I think that the natural response is that you become a little bit more animated. I don't think that needs to be, um, I don't think that needs to be manipulated. Like, well, you need to raise your right eyebrow more and actually have more fluctuations in your voice when you're talking, because suddenly you start to, <laughs> yeah, suddenly you start to become a, a, a robot, right? <laughs> and people can see right through that. People see right through that, even though they might not say it. They might not even consciously realize it, but like our human brains are incredible, like more incredible than, than um, what we consciously realize. Subconsciously people realize a lot of stuff. And if you turn up to a meeting and you're like, Alara told me to be animated and I need to be animated. Um, people might think, oh yeah, he has energy, but they won't connect that with he, um, 
like building trust or building a sense of wow look at it you know he's so inspiring can he can is so connected to his purpose so um so my advice around that is do your best to connect to your vision and don't think about the part where how you're how you're presenting it you present it the way that you present it the work happens inside and and the inner work is to um is if, if you feel um if you get bored when you're presenting what you're saying and and um you know it, it sounds monotonous to you then it's going to sound monotonous to them if you're passionate about it um that's going to come around in your voice and sometimes that manifests like like super animated and sometimes it manifests in a little bit more of a um a, a flat tone of voice and and i think public speaking coaches do have a point in saying like you know uh, if your voice is telling a bit of a story if you're um if, if you're dancing i guess with your with with the way that you're speaking it's much more enjoyable to be a part of but if that's orchestrated um then then it starts to become fake so i would say um less focus on what you externally look and sound like and more focus on actually feeling the passion and like are you actually really passionate about what you're doing um because that comes across so and the other point that you were making about the money um i wanted to just address that because it is something that comes a lot in even if it's just parents giving their kids advice um sort out your money first and then and then you can do stuff that you enjoy and i find this concept of money being separate from stuff that you enjoy um a real kind of mind baffling fact when <laughs> why, why it's um and and i think it originates from the fact that um doing stuff stuff that you love is an activity it's going back to that thing of like my passion is dancing and therefore i can't make money from dancing and then i can't do dancing right the when i talk about your why i don't talk about a an activity i talk about um a way of being and there are certain types of jobs and certain types of careers that helps you live in line with that way of being more um so so i re don't agree with looking at money and and feeling alive separately because i think i believe that the more alive we feel the more people want to interact with us the more people feel magnetized towards us if i was um if i had my same linkedin profile and i was doing financial advising and if i knew anything about financial advising um it would it would I, I my business just would not work because i wouldn't be able to make videos and and feel as animated or have as much energy i just i wouldn't even get inspiration to what to do videos about so when we're connected to our why and we're in an area we're in a career that enhances that um that's when we can bring our best selves and, and that's when we magnetize um work and opportunities and employees and <laughs> and, and whatever it is is towards us so so i think when you look at your your why in terms of a um, a set of themes as opposed to uh an activity then money and and be feeling alive can absolutely go together yeah i think yeah a lot of uh a lot of younger kids right grow up on computers and learn about computers and you can make an entire living through the computer obviously through this pandemic a lot of people learn i mean i worked from home but that it was cool when i worked from home because everyone said ah oh, i had to go to the office you know and i'm like oh, yeah, i'm working from home now everybody <laughs> yeah. works from home and i feel yeah. like going to the office you know because yeah. i, I want to be contrarian but um I think a lot of young people growing up really need to hear this message um, because they do have the potential if they can learn something on the, you know, you can do uh, graphic art, 
you could do design, you could do web design, you could do coding, you could do coaching, you could do therapy, you could do many things. Um, but I do have like, you know, I always say I have a soft spot for people that, um, you know, they, they, they went through high school and whatever, and they had, they had a family and they just have a job where they, they make widgets or whatever. And they find some, I think, I think working with people you like is really important. So there are people that, you know, I know people that have had, don't, don't really have a lot of options where they live and and they work a job, but they work with people they like. So one thing I, I always tell them that people say, what kind of job should I get? I say one, one where you, the people you work with say hi and ask you how you're doing and, and they're people you yeah. like, but if you can choose, yeah. if you can choose what you want to do as a path, which kids that are, I don't know, 25 or younger, I'm not that old, but you know, anyone that really grew up in the internet age uh, and learned something more than like playing video games, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I originally would originally got me on the computer can really go and, and, and pursue a lot of different things. And you could be in the forest as long as you have a satellite dish or you could, you could work from anywhere. You could. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, th- interesting. I, I did, I did want to ask, um, I don't know much, much about NLP. Just this is a, might be a, a quick transition. Um, I don't know much about NLP and I, I like it, it, what it is, if it's accepted or, or whatever, but like, what do you, like, what do you see NLP as and how has it like helped you? Um, yeah. I also saw your, your yoga instructor. So that helps you to keep calm. But uh, what, what, what is this uh, NLP practice? Yeah. So um, NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming and neuro is everything around brain linguistic is a language that our brain uses and programming uh, is the is the connection the the um i guess the actions that the that, that that language causes because basically the way that our brain works is that we we, we're constantly having this internal dialogue in our brain. There is constantly some kind of, if uh, recently I've been watching a load of, well, it's, it's kind of crappy TV <laughs> language. So, um, and I've been, and I've been, and because I've been watching a lot of it, my, I in just in my free time or when I'm, when, even when I'm working or I've just gone to bed, I run scenarios through my head of like what could have happened or what would have happened or what that person said. And, and there's, there's constantly dialogue going on in our head. You, and it's, you, went, it's, you went down the Netflix hole. Yeah, absolutely. The, you so know, I've, it's I've been went... it's been interesting. I've I've been I, I just want I just want like, like you start going deeper in and you know, how did I get you know and you start yeah. running out of series you like. But anyways, I, I oh it's I it's honestly like these like mind numbing TV series. You go deep. How did I end up? Uh, but anyways, yeah. I uh, continue what you're saying that it's kind of on your mind because it's what you're yeah thinking. yeah. Well, it's um there was this one called married at first sight and it's like the most mind numbing thing. So um, I'm talking about that kind of, it's like, I don't think it has any benefit to, um, to me at all. But anyway, sometimes you just feel like I just want to watch some shit TV. So, so you do, but, um, but what we yeah, what's been happening is that it's been, it's that dialogue has been going on in my brain constantly. And I've noticed how sensitive that internal dialogue is to the external dialogue that I hear. Um, so, so if someone's constantly telling me from my childhood, Alara, you're just, um, you're just so fat. Like, honestly, you really should just lose weight. Or if someone tells me, um, 
can you just stop when you're can you just stop talking when an adults talking uh that's giving me the message and, and if that happens over and over again that's giving me the message that um my opinion doesn't matter and then that starts to become my internal dialogue my opinion doesn't matter so so this internal dialogue is very sensitive especially when we're children to what's happening on, in our external world uh, and what this internal dialogue affects the way that we feel right so um i don't feel um you know alara you're not your voice isn't important so the the, the feeling that i have is shrink right it's uh, feelings kind of we call it submodalities it's it's kind of um textures and colors and sizes and movements right so the, so the feeling that i have associated with with don't speak alara is shrinking and um yeah whatever so um and that's the feeling that i have so the way that the, the feeling affects the way that that i act right so when it comes to um public speaking and suddenly i have a i have a great idea that i want to share um i say maybe I should, shouldn't share it, maybe I should just stay silent so that, um, because, because my voice doesn't matter, there's other people with more important voices, so, so I don't take that action, or when I, when I do speak, I just speak with a really, really shallow voice, and no one really gets what I mean, because they're too distracted by trying to listen to me, right, so, um, and eventually it comes full circle, it affects my reality, because I'm taking actions that are in line with Alara, you really shouldn't be speaking. And the world that I'm creating around me is people that expect me to be quiet. Um, and that feeds back into my mental chatter. People expect me to be quiet, so therefore my voice doesn't matter. And it's confirming that original belief that I had, so it makes me feel even more small, so etc. So, so there's these cycles, it's called the mental feedback loop. So the mental dialogue, feelings, actions, reality, and then back into mental dialogue. And NLP is basically a tool that you can use to um, intercept that dialogue. I mean, because this, this mental feedback loop, it can, in that example, it was a negative feedback loop. It, it can kind of cycle and cycle until I feel that I'm not worthy enough to be alive, for example. And, and in a lot of cases uh, currently, unfortunately, that does happen in the world. But it also works the other way around as well but like it also works in the positive way and you can build yourself up to be the best in the world and and there are some um well there's a lot of people in the world that are thriving because they figured out how to master this this mental feedback loop and, and uh, set it off in the direction that that obviously serves them um so nlp is really about understanding the language that we use in our brain and intercepting the language that we use intercepting the way that we feel um which therefore in, in turn affects our actions and so, um, similar to and uh, reality. The, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just basically. They're all kind of in the same family. Um, yeah, they're all affecting, they're all intercepting different aspects of that mental feedback loop in different, in different using different techniques. Yeah. Lara, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I know it's later where you are. I learned a lot. And it's fun. It's fun. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you tell me uh, how you know what? What do you? How can people find you? What do you? What ways do you want to connect with people? And yeah, any, anything, anything you're doing with your own your own business here. Yeah. So um, currently, I have a business called Alara Viral Coaching, and I work with tech founders to um, help them express themselves. <laughs> surprisingly, so um, help them articulate their vision, clarify their what they do, and to leverage storytelling in a way that uh, connects with people emotionally and gets them to take action. So um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Alara Viral. 
uh, or you can go to my website, alaraveral.com. And uh, we were mentioning the one-liner guide in, in this call. So uh, that's basically a free guide that I've created that helps you create a one-liner about what you do so that people not only understand what you do, but actually feel excited about it as well. So if you'd like access to that, it's alaravaral forward slash one dash liner dash guide. Thank you for listening to the What Origin podcast. Visit whatorigin.com for more episodes.